0: This is episode number 98 of the Paleo Women Podcast. Welcome to the Paleo Women Podcast. I'm your co-host Noelle Tar, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer and with me is my partner in crime Stephanie Ruper author of the best selling book Sexy by Nature This show is the place to be if you're a fan of moderately amusing banter and uninhibited real talk relating to health nutrition fitness body image, and just about everything in between. While hanging out with us, please remember the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used in place of medical advice or treatment. Now let's have some fun. Hey, <laughs> well,
1: that was mighty aggressive. <laughs> Every once in a while, I think I've told you this before. I, I, of episodes, I wonder, like, is this going to be the time I say something first? (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) And then today, I just, like, I didn't even hesitate. I just went for it. But I knew I had to go quick because I didn't want to, you know, do an awkward timing thing. (laughs) Where we both are like,
0: hey, hey. hey," And then, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but then I just, like, ended up shouting at everybody. So (laughs) I'm not sure if that's better.
0: I think that worked.
1: Thank you. Yeah, me too.
0: Thank you for... Yourself. On the back. Thank you for Thank putting you.
1: yourself out there.
0: Appreciate it.
1: <laughs> it's great. Doing? Hey, so how you doing? Uh, I'm all right. I have uh, <laughs> I have redesigned my websites like three times in the last two months, um, and it's so hard. It's not easy. Wait, um, what are you working on? I don't
0: I don't know what you're doing. Are you just redoing the the the, the, sale, the unlocked and stuff, or are you the actually...
1: unlocked and the unlocked? <laughs> yes,
0: all the, the unlocks.
1: <laughs> Um yes, I I redesigned them again uh, and Great. I made them live again today. <gasps> yeah, and I had I like recorded videos and stuff, which <gasps> everybody knows I hate. Stephanie,
0: this <laughs> looks amazing. Oh, did you go? I went.
1: Oh, you're so nice. Oh, it
0: looks so good. It looks Okay, not that like it was terrible before, but it looks way
1: better. <laughs> I know. You well, did such a so, good job. I had a designer a while ago and then things hit fans and then <laughs> lots of things, uh, <laughs> things hit fans. And then I had to like sort of do everything in a hurry. So I kept a lot of that stuff and just sort of um, changed the design. But this time I was like, all right, I'm going to like really do things legit this time. I'm going to pay attention to uh, new like research that's been done, you know, new trends and what people like when they go to websites. So Anyway, I've been doing that a lot. I really hope it works out this time. It's It's been uh, – really, it's really discouraging to keep trying something and not feel like you're getting anywhere.
0: <laughs> no, you got somewhere. I love your – I want to hit play so badly on this video, but I can't. Um, I, <laughs> your face is so cute in these videos. I like you are right there. It's a huge video. Day. Oh, my like gosh, really? Ago.
1: Yeah. <gasps> wow. Well, Noelle's – you almost be so proud of me, guys. I'm just beaming right now. <laughs> oh, because I, I resist really hard, um, you know, uh, design and marketing and social media and pretty much everything you're supposed to be doing in order to have a job like mine. So um, I womaned up and did it. Yeah. Yay.
0: Hey, so uh, where are you sitting in these videos? There's like a black. It looks nice. It's like a cool little setting.
1: Are you in your like, it's, in your it's Oxford the common room? It's the common room in my building. It's on the mm. roof, and it's uh, surrounded. It's got three windowed walls. It's just all windows, and so the lighting is actually really good for doing videos. Oh, Unfortunately, yeah. I have to wake up early to record. Oh. Uh, I have to set my alarm for like one thirty p.m. Oh my gosh, <laughs> but, so early! <laughs> so yeah, early. basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, the lighting is great.
1: I am just. This is awesome. You're so nice. Yeah, oh, thank I know. You. I'm so glad I waited to tell you until we were on the podcast. <laughs> so anyway, ladies, it, I know that this episode is going live in two weeks, so maybe I'll have changed the websites again by then. No. But if I do, they'll probably be even better than they are now. So go take a look.
0: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Great. So I, just, wait, wait, does that
1: count as an announcement? It is, is that an, like a relevant it is an
0: announcement. We'll link to Yay. Weight Loss Unlocked and PCOS Unlocked in the show notes. I am also going to throw an announcement. Well, I think I, the, I appreciate this so much, though, because I have literally been studying, like, ha- product sales pages for the last, I don't know, like, l- two weeks and done nothing else. But – and uh, we were going back and forth about this stuff, but I d- had no idea you were actually, like, working on it. but um
1: Obsessively, actually.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it, – it is way more complicated than I expected. So, Strong from Home launching hopefully in the next week or two. Here, I mean, if you're on my email list, you'll have you know you, you'll have known what's going on for for some time now. But I um I'm thinking hopefully the sales page will be up by by the end like by this episode being launched which will be Ooh. super wonderful for me. But it's just, there's a lot of components there. And you're like, how do I tell everybody what's in here without without running mm-hmm. on and like literally having paragraphs and paragraphs which nobody wants to read? You know, so it's like baking, actually showing people visually what's inside. And because it's it's hard when you're doing online products to be like, all of this stuff is going to come to you. But then people are like, what does that look like? So it's just, you know, being able to present things in a very succinct and beautiful way so that it's... it it is able to be sold to the right person. And that's really the whole goal of sales pages is sell to the person who actually needs this, you know, and make sure, because nobody, we don't, we have no interest in selling products to people who don't need it um, or, or or like it's not right for them because it always comes back and we, it ends up in returns and, or it's, you know, customer dissatisfaction. It's just not... It's nothing that we have any interest in me. Like we don't want to serve our customers like in the wrong way. We want to serve the people who are um, in need of our products. So it's – and oftentimes it's hard to kind of – you know, that's one of the things you have to do initially is figure out exactly who you're building the product for. I think a lot of people get hung up when they try to create products or create services and they haven't niched down enough to figure out exactly, you know – who it is they're, they, they're trying to so, like create a solution for. And so sometimes, you know, some products are just like, this doesn't help anybody because it's not, you know, it's not specific to a, a target market. So that was a marketing rant. Sorry, uh, not <laughs> not paleo. Um, but I think, you know, it's been really, in- it's such an interesting process. And I, I appreciate it because I've just been learning so much in the past, you know, Oh, Lord. Past seven months. But really, you know, this past mm-hmm. month has been really interesting. Marketing-wise, I've been learning a lot of stuff. So go to Strong From Home. It'll most likely – it'll be up. It's up right now, but it's just not – it's not what I want you to see. Um, oh, but I want to see it. Well, I, I've hidden the actual homepage. Oh. Yeah, sorry.
1: I, like, man, um, my energy just went, like, <laughs> up and then <laughs> down.
0: <laughs> well, I've, I have these – I don't have all the graphics yet, so I have, like, these image placeholders. So it's not, <laughs> like, you'll be like, why am I looking at this photo? Um, so that's kind of, like, as I'm trying to, you know, frame it out. But anyway, super excited to get that out because I've, it's been a, it's been a year-long project of mine. And so, like, having it actually all come together is really wonderful. And, you know, <laughs> also nice to get something off your, your back when there's lots of other things that are being loaded on. When Stephanie is
1: literally jumping on your back 100% of the time. You're like, hey,
0: can we get this thing started? I'm like, yeah. Like, pay attention to me. <laughs> I'm over here. <laughs> um, so yay. Yay. Should we mention, we probably should mention the survey. But you're sending that out pretty soon.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll do it whenever you want me to.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. We are doing a survey soon Ladies, it's going out to Steffi's email and my email account uh, about specific to acne because we get a ton of questions on here about acne and skincare and all the things. Steff gets a lot of traffic to her website specific to acne. So we're sending out a survey to figure out what is the stuff? What are the things that people are struggling with? It might be worth it, Steffi, for you to also share this, maybe like the link in Instagram. Um, Of course. So if you... If you're hearing this now, you can probably go to Steffi's Instagram feed or um <laughs> and it'll be hopefully linked in there. Do you always call me Steffi on the podcast and um, I just never noticed? Sometimes I do. I really enjoy it.
1: You and my mom, you're the only one. Oh,
0: I just love this it when terrible. I'm grouped with your mom. I feel so good about myself.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is correct. This I know. is the correct way to it. I'm feel like, like, I am
0: doing something right. Um so, so it'll be in Stephanie's Instagram feed. It'll also we can also I mean if you want to shoot us an email, Paleo Women Podcast, we can shoot you the link. Um, if you're interested in taking it and helping us out, that'd be super appreciative. We'd be appreciative Good. of that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Moving on. Anyway, so uh, any? Well, you just shared all your new news. There's Wait, nothing. let me say
1: one more thing. It's December twenty seventh, and um. I think we're, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think by this point we'll be setting up like a sort of weight loss, but in a loving way shtick uh, at the website throughout the month of January. Um, Cause people really like to do that and I don't like to stop them, but I want to help people do it healthfully. So if you're interested in sort of like getting back on track and the weight loss way this season, um, come by, there'll be a series of posts, you know, and all sorts of stuff about how to do that.
0: Oh, Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, do you make New Year's goals ever?
1: Um, I make goals. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do. I do sometimes. You know, I don't think it's – some people I know sort of think it's a silly tradition. I think it's really great. Um, but I'm, I'm usually trying – like I'm usually quite mindful about what a crappy person I am and how I can be better. So, um, Yeah. <laughs> I do yeah. like when a year starts out to be like, this is my year and then decide mm-hmm. that I'm going to like reach particular points, you know, like yeah, help a certain number of people, make a certain amount of money, like go to X, Y, Z things. But I don't know. Why? What do you do?
0: Well, I was just wondering because we're going into the new year. Of course, what do you think? Of course, my husband is like the goal master. All about that. The goal master. So I used to just hate it because – why? Because all of my goals were weight loss related. So I'd sit down at the beginning of the year and be like, this year is the year I'm finally going to lose, you know, 10 more pounds or whatever. I was like, ridiculous. That's all it was. It was just like being more anal retentive and trying to control everything and saying like – I'm going to lose those last 10 pounds and uh, I'm going to only eat a dessert once a week. And it was, you know, just all these like very restrictive goals. And so it was never about the why and what I wanted to feel and what I wanted to do and experience. And so my husband, we shifted that. You know, we started out with our, we start initially with our whys, but then build on that. What are the things we want to accomplish? Sometimes it's really simple. Like, you know, back in the day, it was like, I want to not fall this is not going to be a realistic goal for this year, but I want to live in a way that is injury free. Like I want to be able to perform the exercises (laughs) that I want to do, uh, not incurring any new injuries. How about that? So that'll probably be this year's, you know, one is like no new injuries, feel great, you know, eventually get to the point where I'm pain free and able to walk and move pain free. Um, But you know, stuff like that. And that's more of like, goals or just statements that you can come back to when you are... I think it's important, and this is kind of in my Strong From Home program uh, plug there. This is kind of what I give people the perception of is create these goals for yourself, not being super restrictive and saying, you know, like, these are the things, exact things that I want to accomplish, but give yourself flexible guidelines that you can say... You know, this is how I want to feel. I want to not incur injury. And so then in June, when you're trying to decide whether you should sign up for that 10K, although you're having this sort of twinge thing in your ankle and you really want to do the race, but, uh, you know, and you probably could, but you just don't know, know. It's like, you can go back to that, open up, you know, those things you wrote down and say, is this serving, you know, my overall goals for the year? What is this, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not immediately what I want to do uh this weekend or something so it's a, it's helpful for me because I am I am a short-term well I mean I, I I do think long-term but I'm I'm not as good as like I'm not very good at preparing ahead for like big things hence why I'm like trying to tie up all the loose ends on strong from home like two days before I want it to come out um but I I've always kind of been more of like a immediate gratification kind of person. So I'm like, I want to do this race. I don't care if I feel like crazy crap. And that's always led to so many issues for me. So, so yeah, we try, we try to do it, but that's just a little, you know, insider tip, hopefully some help and advice. If you want to make goals, I agree with you, Steph. I think that they are great and wonderful. And it's, I love reflecting back and seeing what's happened in the past year and what's, you know, looking forward and it's being hopeful and expectant on what is going to happen in the next year and just creating some, some general guidelines for how you want to feel and engage with life and making sure that you recognize that and you're really aligning your actions with your why and and what you're passionate about um, throughout the year. So, Mm. yeah.
1: Yeah, do stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do stuff. YOLO. Um, By the way, I might consider, so uh, have you ever read that book called Start With Why? Nope. No. Okay, so it's by a guy named Simon Sinek. Didn't know the guy, went to dinner with him, hung out with him. All I knew is was was some author. Um, And then I realized that everybody references him everywhere all the time. And like, I can't get away from him. It's a joke I have with my husband now. I'm like, how, where, everybody knows about Simon. What is this? Why is he so popular? Um, But he had a really famous TED talk about um, starting with why. Basically, businesses, how to, you know, create a, a success, wow, successful business, which is don't start with your what. Hi, this is what we do. You start with your why. And I may consider doing a podcast with a guest. It will not be Simon. Uh, it'll be someone close to him um, about that. Do you think that, that that would be beneficial? Like kind of go like going a little bit outside of the paleo world, but also maybe talking about things like that, like goals and
1: i think think it's fun to mix things up i don't know yeah i do too Um,
0: hey let us let us know uh, let us know hey let us know instagram we have a handle specifically for our podcast paleo women podcast on the comments section of episode 98 if you could let us know or you could just comment on either one of our instagrams If there's any sort of uh, like topics outside, like this is definitely a health topic. It's more of a mindset topic. So I think that that's why it's applicable. But if you could comment whether you think that that would be interesting, you know, maybe discussions on starting with your why, pursuing, uh, changing up your life in a way like this kind of This concept kind of totally changed my life. I mean, I was doing one thing and completely flipped. And two years ago, you know, went a completely different direction and started my own business. So it's more, you know, in that realm of things. But if you're interested in that or if you have other suggestions, please comment and let us know. Or you can email us, Paleo Women Podcast. And and we'll definitely consider it. Because there's so many things that we could be talking about. So, so many, so many options.
1: Great. Okay. (laughs) Great. Let's
0: get into questions. The Nutritional Therapy Association provides foundational holistic nutrition education through online courses. Two years ago, I went through the NTA's nine-month program to become a certified nutritional therapy practitioner. And it was the foundation that allowed me to build my business and pursue a career, helping others find a resolution with nutrition and lifestyle changes. If you're interested in learning about nutrition and health on a deeper level and would like to consider making that your business, now is the perfect time to check out the program. Registration opens for both the Nutritional Therapy Practitioner course and the Nutritional Therapy Consultant course in October, for the Winter 2017 program that kicks off in February. And when you apply, you'll receive a $100 check on us to put towards any supplies you need when you write in Paleo Women Podcast in the referral section on your application. For more information about this special deal, check out the show notes and head over to nutritionaltherapy.com to check out the program. Question number one is from Megan. Hello, Stephanie and Noel. I binge on your podcast during my commute, usually listening to four episodes a day, three times a week. Whew, that's a lot of Stephanie and Noel. I started at the beginning and I'm only on episode 61, but kind of be, like being behind because it makes me feel like I'm a time traveler. Plus, I know I will get all the inside joke references such as islands, apples, body parts, spirit, animals, slug sex, etc.
1: Yo, we need to bring that back.
0: I know. I know. Bringing back slug sex 2017. Oh, no. (laughs) I was recently diagnosed with hypothyroidism, which has caused me to get more serious about the benefits I give my body via what I eat. My current morning routine is to wake up, take thyroid medication, and wait 30 minutes to eat or drink anything. After 30 minutes, I will have breakfast, which goes like this. Number one, mug of bone broth. Thanks, Noel, for the Black Friday Instapot hookup. You are welcome. Two, fish oil. Three, kombucha to get rid of the fish oil taste and probiotics. Four, it says four 12, ounce, 12 ounces of coffee. I'm assuming it's four to 12 ounces of coffee with <laughs> hoping, we'll hope for that one, with one uh, teaspoon empty sea oil, one tablespoon collagen, and her preferred sweetener, which is typically a mix of stevia and some other things. And I for- have so many thoughts coming. Okay. So- and four-ish <laughs> tablespoons of cream. Five, a vitamin D supplement, vitamin B complex supplement. Six, whatever food I am eating? So usually two eggs cooked in grass-fed butter and bacon or turkey with sausage. It varies, but I eat eggs a lot. Also, I do eat carbs, just not usually in the morning. I try not to eat carbs and fats together. I think it keeps me much more level throughout the day. I usually will have an apple as a snack and carbs with dinner. You know, he didn't tell us what type of apple, which is really important, but we'll <laughs> let that slide. I am, I am working on consistently getting the hundred grams. But fruit, rice, and potatoes are regulars on my plate. Here's my question. This feels like a lot of things. Am I overburdening my system with this much stuff in the morning? Also, I hate the texture of bone broth. Can I get the same benefits a different way, such as through the liver liver capsules you linked to in the show? She's talking about the ones from Vital Proteins. Also, is it redundant to put collagen in my coffee if I am drinking bone broth slash taking liver pills? Stephanie has mentioned not wanting to balance wanting the balance of minerals and vitamins to get out of proportion. I was wondering if doing bone broth and liver pills could cause a problem. I don't eat paleo because I like dairy, and I don't think it upsets me. I see no reason to have it in my diet. My current dairy intake is 2 to 4 tablespoons of cream in my coffee, cooking with grass-fed butter, maybe sprinkling some cheese on my salad, sometimes I'll eat cottage cheese with non-fat plain yogurt for the probiotics. Thoughts on this? I'm hypothyroid and I would like to lose weight, but this will definitely this but will this level of dairy truly be the deal breaker for me? I'm just trying to follow some of the tips you are faithfully suggesting, but my room, morning routine is starting to seem a little silly with all these powders and liquids I'm trying to consume. Can't tell you how much I appreciate the positivity and grounding I get from this podcast. So nice to know there's a resource to go to. I recommend you to everyone I talk to. Thanks, Megan. Love, Megan. Oh,
1: I love you too, Megan. <laughs> Although you really should have told, you what, told us what kind of apples you were eating. <laughs> how dare you! <laughs> Like the rule. The rule. Um, Okay, so obviously my initial thoughts were like why? Right when I interrupted (laughs) and I was like, I have all the thoughts. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's basically like this is a bulletproof breakfast for sure. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
1: It's caffeine and fat, basically with some with some vitamins sprinkled in, which is fine. Um Mm -hmm. fine, I guess. And if you feel good, I'm cool with that. I understand. Um, I think I know what you mean about eating a lot of carbs and a lot of fat together. It's just a lot of calories at once and maybe that makes you feel a little bit sluggish and I'm okay with that. But also this is like a zero carb breakfast, (laughs) you know, it's like you could, you could probably put a little bit in there, um, you know, have some vegetables with your eggs or something. I think some um, honestly, maybe some fiber would help sort of sit with all of um, all that stuff in your stomach. Um, so that's what I would do personally. I mean, well, (laughs) I would eat twelve apples with my meals, but I would also (laughs) I, I would consider I would consider maybe adding some like vegetables and not necessarily just kale, you know, but maybe some of the um maybe some carrots or beets or um even onions, you know, something to give your body some um carbs to sort of chew on, I guess, early in the day. Um, I'm okay with MCT oil, that's fine. Stevie I think is fine. The fish oil, I think, might be a little bit redundant if you're um, eating well, right? It sounds like you have a pretty pretty good diet, like you're not consuming a lot of omega-6 fats, right? You're not downing processed oils or even nuts or seeds. And that's really what you know fish oil is for. And hopefully, you're doing a fermented fish oil, a f- hopefully a fermented cod liver oil, because uh, those are... Um, that's really probably the best way, the only way I would consider going. I wouldn't take just like a like an omega-3 supplement off the shelf in like that orange plastic bottle. I'm like, please, <laughs> no, yeah. this is helping nobody. It's literally helping nobody. So um, if you're going to do a fish oil supplement, do a f- fermented cod liver oil rich in vitamin D and A. Um, we can link in the show notes uh, if you're going to be doing that. But I also think that if you're eating a, like a solidly anti-inflammatory diet and still getting some fatty fish in, you know, some sardines or some salmon, some trout, maybe a few times a week, once a week, twice a week, whatever, then then you really don't need to be taking fish oil. Um, so that's a decision that's up to you. You can maybe experiment a little bit with both. I think bone broth is great. Of the collagen supplement I think probably is, is a reasonable alternative if you don't like if you don't like it. Um of course you have to add it to something and eat you could make jello. Would would that be okay? Would you be comfortable with that? Um jello is one thing you could do. You can make with collagen that probably won't taste or feel weird. Um those are just some ideas. I would definitely <laughs> definitely throw some carbs like jello, maybe, you know, <laughs> into your breakfast. So I would do that. Um and I I don't know. Otherwise, I think you're doing all that right. I, all right. I don't really think you burden your system by consuming nutritious things. I think that's um, pretty great. Um, so that's that. Oh, and you addressed me personally um, about balance. So I, I struggle with this a lot because I don't understand what it's like to be a normal person um, who can take <laughs> supplements. I'm serious because uh, I... I am very much affected by low doses of things and there are other people like me out there and I have read about them. I know that, I know that we exist, but it's, um, what does it mean to exist though? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, I know that people like me are also out there and, uh, but we're not definitely in the majority. So I think it's probably, um, better uh, for other people to take supplements than for me. And it seems like most people's systems handle them um, pretty well. Uh, and if you don't experience any negative symptoms when you're taking these things, then I think you're probably in the clear because they're all, they appear to be, you know, pretty, pretty good things bone broth and um, organs and uh, the MCT oil and stuff. That's fine. So yeah, and dairy, if you feel good on it, um, I think that's okay. Also, we didn't discuss what kind of hypothyroidism, but I'm assuming you meant Hashimoto's thyroiditis because you're taking thyroid pills and also just statistics because 90% of hypothyroid cases are Hashimoto's. That being the case, um, I'm not 100% sure what I want to say about what to do about the dairy because if it is Hashimoto's thyroiditis, I would personally wanna get pretty serious about treating it as an autoimmune condition. But again, we don't really know what what your situation is. So just think about that, talk about your options. Um, I don't even know like what dose, right? Thyroid pills you're on or what kind. Um, but if you have Hashimoto's and you don't you know treat it, you don't treat the underlying autoimmune problem, it can continue to worsen. Um, and keep you on pills your whole life. So those are some thoughts. Do you have thoughts? I'm sure you have thoughts. I do
0: have some thoughts. I think that if you feel like you're burdened by everything you're doing in the morning, then I, I don't think it's necessary to do all of the things that you're doing. I think it's important to decipher between what the liver is doing and what the collagen is doing. So the liver capsules that we talked about, is just a desiccated version of liver. So it's literally just like eating liver, except you're doing it in a desiccated form and it's put into pills. So we recommend things like Oregon meats and liver and all of that stuff, because it's a really great source of a lot of concentrated nutrients, including B vitamins. I kind of treat the desiccated liver capsules like a B complex. That's personally what I do. So taking the liver capsules is not going to be the same thing as bone broth. So bone broth is going to be a concentrated source of minerals. So there's a lot of minerals in there, and then there's collagen. And if you supplement with collagen, if you're enjoying putting that in your coffee and all that stuff, yeah, sure, it's a little bit, you know, you're doing the double duty. You're taking the collagen in your coffee, and then you're getting collagen and also minerals from your bone broth. So if you're just not digging the bone broth, I mean, that's a lot of fluids. Like, I wouldn't be able to necessarily drink a warm cup of broth in the morning and then move on to drinking a cup of coffee with MCT oil and collagen and all the stuff in it. So I think that if you're struggling to kind of get the bone broth in, what I would recommend doing is actually using bone broth in dishes that you eat elsewhere. So I don't drink bone broth straight. Don't like it. Never really have. Mostly because I'm a little lazy with the bone broth making. I don't. I I make it usually from chicken bones. I do uh, every other time usually make it with like beef bones. But I just I'm not like going to roast the bones and make sure that I make this like beautifully elegant bone broth. And I just put it in soups and stews. So I make chili regularly. I make Once, like if we cook a whole chicken in the crock pot, I'll throw all the bones back in, make the bone broth, and then I'll put, make a chicken soup. And that'll have like onions and celery and all a bunch of stuff in it. And then we'll throw the shredded chicken back in and it's incredibly good. But that's the way that I get in my bone broth. And so that's the way I, you know, maybe two to three times a week, I'm getting a pretty large dose of bone broth from the soups and the stews that we're eating. So you can incorporate bone broth like that and then drink the collagen in the morning with your coffee and the MCT oil, that mixture, and then eat your breakfast. If you want to take, if you want to eat organ meats... That's a great way to just get in the organ meats, Um, but if you don't, you can take the desiccated liver capsules, and that's going to be a concentrated source of B vitamins for you. So that's kind of the difference, and I think maybe that can help you navigate what it is that you want to include. For me, that's how I do the things. I do the bone broth in my soups and stews. I take desiccated liver capsules in the morning. I take vitamin D in the morning, and I eat my eggs, and all the other nutritious, wonderful things that I want to eat in the morning. Um, Sometimes I will supplement with additional collagen. It all really depends. I'm experimenting right now with vital proteins. They have like a specific collagen supplement. And I'm seeing if that helps with some of the back issues that I'm having. So that's typically how I'm getting in collagen. But my husband does put collagen and stuff in his coffee in the morning and loves that. And he does that because then he goes and works out. And so that's his kind of fuel before workout and then he eats after. So fish oil, great thoughts from Steffi. And then also the dairy, great thoughts from Steffi too. If you, Stephanie, sorry, I really do say Steffi a lot. But if you want to really hone in on the thyroid issue, again, no, we don't have a lot of things. We don't know a lot that's going on here. But uh, refer back to our awesome episode with Dr. Isabella Wentz. She has a new book coming out. And I think that's coming out in March. I would highly recommend getting that because that's gonna provide a lot of insight. Thyroid conditions are highly correlated with gluten intolerance and we've talked about that before um, and can be aggravated or um, just what's the word i I'm drawing a blank at the word I'm looking for but it's it, it's basically can be um aggravated or you can have sort of a what's the stuffy what is the word i'm sorry I an can't autoimmune help. response like when your autoimmune disease starts a flare what was the problem with the flare holy cow okay so it can <laughs> flare really hard word there i was drugs um but uh, like uh, when people eat gluten they'll have a flare-up of of their symptoms uh, 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 typically when it comes to thyroid issues. So yes, it's, it, it. there is a big chance that it might be Hashimoto's. Again, that's not an absolute. But if it is, it's probably safe to say that removing the gluten and the dairy will help you heal um, and reduce symptoms. Now, again, it would be really helpful to do that with a naturopathic doctor or somebody who is trained in that so that you can be able to track – if your symptoms got better and be able to bring things back in and say, okay, this is a clear sign here that, yeah, I, um, maybe you can check numbers, but also just tracking your symptoms and the the things that you're experiencing when you reintroduce Foods back into your diet um, if you if you find that you want to do that. Sometimes you may find that removing things really helps resolve a lot of your symptoms, and so that's kind of like okay, this this is really helpful here. Um, and then of course, an autoimmune Paleo protocol ish is going to remove a lot of other things, and so it's totally up to you if you want to like go that route and try that. But I think it is worth it probably to dig a little deeper on exactly what is causing the hypothyroidism and to get a little bit more clear picture of of what's going on because it's hard to speak about that when we don't know all of the things so any other thoughts
1: nope i have no
0: thoughts great question number (laughs) question number two is from katie ladies i love all the things that go with your podcast thanks for the witty banter real talk and thoughtful insight question what can I do to help reduce what feels like long-term bloating slash stomach swelling? Details, I started noticing the swelling after going off hormonal birth control, the pill, in March of 2016. Though my period has still not returned in October, I started noticing cervical fluid returning and a day of spotting. As an endurance athlete, I'm sure overtraining and leanness has contributed to the delay in its return, as well as stress and probably undereating. Once going off the pill, I noticed weight gain. I gained about 15 pounds, and it's all in my belly and face. I've reduced the amount of time I spend working out, and I eat all the things. I eat plant-based, a plant-based diet, but in the midst of trying to heal myself, I will eat animal products to include eggs and butter and even a little dairy. Spend some time cutting out greens and then times of eating them. Sometimes I think I might have a carbon tolerance, but it might just be because when I eat the stuff, it's more than moderation, meaning instead of a serving size, it's all of the rice or a whole batch of whatever I'm making. When I do eat gluten, I feel congestion, my my nose runs, and my eyes look swollen. I don't have extreme results with potatoes or bananas, but my stomach also hasn't decreased in its bloated look. I used to have terrible acne and took probiotics before going off the pill and the first few months after my skin cleared right up. Don't take them as frequently anymore. Ever since going off the pill, I've noticed more mucus in my stools and even bright red bleeding. It happens at least once a week. I went to see a doctor and he said it's probably small hemorrhoids and I should eat more fiber. Uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure my plant based diet contains ample amounts of fiber. So I left that as is. Honestly, I don't care about how much I weigh, but I would like to look flatter less bloated it just doesn't feel good I notice it when I run and my clothes don't fit right I feel like I have a food baby all the time I'm not ready to accept this as my post-pill new look I'm learned I'm learning to love my body during this process but sometimes it still feels off and not normal about oh, I sometimes still feel off and there's nothing normal about it I'm sure I could drink more water but I get good sleep I'm still running and swimming and less stressed at work thoughts on sugar or salt affecting anything. I limit processed foods, with still eat fruits and add salt. Thanks in advance for your insight. Katie.
1: Hi, Katie. <laughs> um, I was searching the document for dates. Okay, so you went off the pill back in March. It's been about nine months. Um, for most people, that is enough time to sort of get things back on track, um, but not for everybody. Um, There's a lot that can be going on. And if you're under eating at the time, that's probably going to contribute to a fair bit of um, imbalance. I think probably um, the pill, you know, there's female hormones play, you know, not an insignificant role in in fat metabolism, and also in convincing your body you've been fed. And so if you go off of the pill and you gain weight, um, that's, not a normal I think especially for somebody who's uh who's been really kind of under eating and under doing it so that's important um but there's also again a lot that could be um going on here for you and your body as you're sort of uh overcoming the things and dealing with the things I am interested in any kind of a link there could be. If there is a link between this and the stomach issues that you're dealing with, Um, (laughs) there are things. uh, The birth control pill has been documented to have a negative impact on gut flora um, to some extent for some people, (laughs) Um, but not a negligible one. Um, that can be a thing. And you also don't know when you're on the pill if there are some underlying problems hormonally that are being covered up. So this could definitely be uh, a part of what's happening, um, you know, with sort of your gastrointestinal issues. But also I, I, I wouldn't count on it. Um, I really wouldn't. I would perhaps turn to uh, simply focusing on the gut. Uh, I think that that's probably best. I think your doctor's recommendation to eat more fiber is probably um, not the solution. I don't, I don't think eating plants is bad. I don't think you should stop eating fiber, but for a doctor to just throw fiber pills at you, it's like, yeah, okay, you know, fine. <laughs> um, so that being said, do you have any idea of any of a link? Have you ever heard of there being a link between birth control? Um, Stopping the pill and blood in stools. This feels... That specific mm. phenomena feels new to me.
0: No, and I don't think that it's... So hemorrhoids and anal fissures and stuff like that, like uh, typically you will see blood like when you wipe. It's not something like bright red blood in your stools. And I mean, it can be, but it's more surface. It's not like actually... I mean, it, I guess it can be, but i I'm a little bit concerned that that was like waved off um, yeah. and like this is something very simple because when you have hemorrhoids and when you have like you know specific conditions like that, you know and you feel it and it's uncomfortable and it's 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 painful. It's not necessarily like, oh, there's a there's blood in my stool right now and that just all of a sudden happens. So what my concern is is that, there's something going on in the gut that might be leading to more complicated issues. Something maybe like colitis, you know, because there can be a certain bacterias, like an overgrowth or an infection in the gut that can lead to much more severe conditions. And so I'm, you know, knowing that the birth control pill can create um, a dis, you know, dysbiosis or an imbalance in gut bacteria or actually um you know negatively impact our gut bacteria um that to me is more of like potentially what's going on so i don't think it has a, it's not necessarily like a direct link to the hormonal birth con- you know birth control but i think that it's somehow all wrapped up together does that make sense
1: yeah no i'm yeah. 100% on board there
0: yeah so what about um i'm wondering from you does You know, Mm -hmm. general causes of bloating. I know that, you know, bloating is a common cause of PMS and typically estrogen, I think it's when estrogen is elevated, you know, bloating can kind of, and water retention can kind of be a thing. Would that, like a long-term estrogen elevation be, could that cause long-term bloating and water retention?
1: Uh, It's funny because I would actually say, I would, um, associate that with, um, I'm not sure if I would associate it with estrogen so much as progesterone um, falling off, right? Um, So because, you know, they need to be in balance. In the first half of the menstrual cycle, the first two weeks, uh, women are estrogen dominant. Uh, That's not a bad thing. It's just there's no, there's not really any progesterone going on. (laughs) That's an estrogen rich time of the cycle. And so when people talk about um, the end of the menstrual cycle being all about estrogen, problems i'm like well yeah but the first half was fine so maybe it's something else and i actually think it has to do with the fluctuating progesterone levels because progesterone levels increase right and then they fall and the body realizes it's um not pregnant (laughs) and you menstruate and there's a lot of changes that happen in that process and you can also read the literature and see that um, estrogen and progesterone are both involved in uh, water regulating right in electrolyte balance they they're both involved and I think that we see a lot of bloating um, with progesterone levels fluctuating and so yeah I I really do think, um, you know, again, I have said on the podcast before that I don't really understand bloating because it's not something that happens to me. Hmm. I, I don't really, I, I don't get it to get like a little bit puffy, like when my skin gets puffy sometimes in my face, like I know what that is. And that happens when I like eat too much salt. <laughs> that's, that's a real thing. And that can be related to estrogen and progesterone too, right? Cause they're supposed to be involved in that regulating process. So You may just have to chill out on that. To be honest with you, I don't think drinking more water is the answer. I think good electrolyte balance is the answer. So I would uh, pay attention to your salt intake. You know, having a fair bit is fine. Make sure it's a high quality sea salt or, you know, Himalayan pink salt or what have you. Um, Make sure that you're not um, using it too excess or you're not drinking so much water You know, you need to have a good balance of water and salt in your system. And then also any sort of electrolytes that you might be supplementing with, magnesium, calcium, you know, these are common supplements, can throw off that balance and I think sometimes will bloat people, especially if they're going through some hormonal changes. So I would pay attention to that to deal with the bloating specifically. But more than anything, I mean, with the endurance, athleticism, and stuff, right? I think stress is, stress is something probably pretty crucial for you to address, you know, the physiological stuff, just really like amp it down, let your body relax, because it won't produce the hormones that you got on the pill by itself, unless it feels like you're, you know, relaxed and and, and ready, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I agree. I, just to, and we've gotten quite a few questions recently just about bloating in general. But, you know, when somebody says I'm bloated and I'm, you know, bloated constantly, initially my mind goes to what is what is happening in the gut. And while there can be other causes of that, one of those being, you know, hormonal issues, hormonal imbalances, or long withstanding hormonal imbalances, I think that initially the, our first re- thoughts or your first thought should always go to, you know, what is going on digestively, what's going on in my gut. And so we know the gut's involved in so many things. Um, and so if, if you're, if you're experiencing this constantly, maybe it's more so when you eat certain things, like that's really important to note. So is it, is it something that is just like you wake up and you're immediately bloated or is it something that starts when you start to eat? Um, Either way, it still could really be something that's going on in your gut. And when I say the gut, I'm talking about the small and the large intestines. So, first and foremost, um, SIBO, which I feel like we talk about all of the time. However, it's really important and it's it's basically, it's like 80% of the cause of IBS and uh, so many people are experiencing it now. And I think, you know, one of the main symptoms of SIBO is bloating. And so SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, it's basically when small intestine has an overgrowth of bacteria from the large intestine. Um, It could also be some sort of general imbalance of bacteria in the gut. So you have all this wonderful bacteria in your gut. And if some of the bad bacteria gets out of balance or starts to, certain bacteria are in like higher levels than they should be, um, or you have some sort of gut infection, these can lead to complications. These can lead to things like bloat. Um, it can lead to more severe issues. And so that's my concern is like, what did you know what what's this long withstanding potential? Um, dysbiosis uh, or just n- non-ideal situation in terms of like your gut floor being off. Um, what has that led to potentially long term? Because that can lead to. Le- I mean, it does absolutely lead to leaky gut, which then can lead to a lot of other things. Um, the reason that I say that is because you said something about. I think you said something about potentially having a carbon tolerance, and um, I mean, it's it's no question the bacteria in our gut are impacted by. What you eat, what you put through your gut. So, if certain foods can actually, you know, negatively impact your gut, especially inflammatory foods. So, there's some basic truths about what impacts our gut bacteria. One of those being constant long term, you know, a diet high in refined sugars and vegetable oils are going to negatively impact your gut. So, that's something. Um, We know long term antibiotic use can, we know long term stress can, and uh, we know birth control pills can. Some other prescription pills can. So there also may be, you know, something to think about too, there also may be specific foods that are specific to you that are negatively impacting your gut and causing a reaction. So for example, if you are, um, have an intolerance or a reaction to, negative reaction to gluten or dairy, that could be negatively impacting your gut bacteria. So Why the carbohydrate thing is interesting to me is because your gut bacteria needs food. So when people talk about, take probiotics and then also take prebiotics. Some probiotics come with prebiotics in them. And that is because probiotics need food, which is prebiotics, to thrive and grow and proliferate. And so if you have some sort of SIBO or dysbiosis... And you take a probiotic which has a prebiotics in it, or you eat these foods that contain these short chain carbohydrates, which we also refer to as FODMAPs. Uh, things that contain fructose and um, a lot of other different little short chain carbohydrates that have long names that we all we call FODMAPs. Uh, they're basically fermentable, meaning bacteria in your gut eat them. Um, when they you're, you know you eat food, so even if you eat something that has like simple things like Garlic or onion or paprika, or, um, you know, just like a variety of things that could be a colossal of, you know, a lot of different spices together. Like some of those spice mixtures that you see could, you know, have, have garlic and onion powder. It could be you ate an apple, uh, it, and especially if you're eating a lot of plant based foods, um, and and <laughs> Which is why I kind of just laughed at like, oh, you need to eat more fiber, like especially if you're eating a lot of plant-based foods, and this is what's kind of creating this irritation and this bloat. Um, you know, that makes sense to me if it's gonna, if it's something like SIBO or dysbiosis, because when you're eating that, um, you basically are going to be feeding the bad bacteria in your gut. Right, you're going to be feeding the that imbalance, that small that the that's come from, or the the bacteria that's come from your large intestine into your small intestine and shouldn't be there. You're going to be feeding that, and it's going to lead to a lot of bloating and uncomfortable feelings. And so that's kind of where why I'm thinking, huh, the carbon tolerance thing I'm I'm thinking um, might be related somehow to the SIBO thing, a dysbiosis. Um, So all I can tell you is that I would love for you to maybe get tested. Go to a functional medicine practitioner. Consider getting tested for SIBO. Also consider getting the bacteria in your gut tested, seeing if there's any sort of dysbiosis, if you have any gut infections. Um, And also, I would not rule out getting other things tested, seeing if you have any sort of other major conditions, H. pylori or... um, you know, other, there's tons of other things that could be, colitis, but just ruling out all of that stuff is really important um, because you just never know until you know. <laughs> um, not saying that, you know, you should run off and like, you know, get every, all these serious conditions tested, but I really, I, I that's kind of how I would move forward from here. And your doctor should be able to help you with that. Um, you sh- I would recommend maybe getting a second opinion. The last thing I'll mention is that bloat and water retention can also be caused by elevated cortisol. And this is so overlooked, I think. Um, But all kinds of things can raise our cortisol levels, specifically uh, calorie restriction and over-exercising. And so we cannot, we cannot overlook that. If you're if you if your body has had this chronic elevated cortisol, you've been super stressed out, uh, whether that's mentally, emotionally, you're sleep deprived, um you've been over exercising, you've been under eating, all of that stuff can lead to bloating and water retention because of high cortisol levels. So that is something to think about as well. And I think that that's often what happens this is like this colossal of conditions which i wish we could give a name to but so many women who have like been through the restrictive dieting train who have under eaten who have like over exercised and done all the stuff and then they lose their period and then it's like they try to start eating again or maybe they try to start you know following all the things that we're saying here which is like okay i'm gonna like start you know feeding my body again and having a new perspective and all that kind of stuff it's like then people start to run into hiccups and bumps which is like I am bloated all the time. You know, I'm having these like I'm having IBS. I'm having these poor bowel movements, and it's really like this colossal of condition, which a colossal of conditions, which is like an imbalance of bacteria, but also like you know, so your, ne- your bacteria has been negatively impacted. There's some gut things going on and there's probably some high cortisol issues go- going on and that causes bloating and water retention. And so it's just like this colossal of stuff that is really hard to resolve with just some like simple, like eat more fiber. Um, <laughs> so so I, I would say continue to do what you're doing. Um, get tested consider getting tested for some other things and moving forward with, you know, getting tested for some other things. But also just kind of like chillax on the, you know, the the over-exercising. Continue to nourish your body with foods that make you feel good. I mean, there still can be foods that make you feel good. Consider looking into the list of FODMAPs. I'll link to it in the show notes. And maybe, maybe you can pinpoint, oh, wow, when I eat onions, things get really, really bad. Um, and, and that might help you. So if you, you know, that might help you just say, okay, I, it's probably SIBO or it's probably imbalance of, of bacteria in my gut. If it is in fact that these FODMAPs, these short chain carbohydrates are what actually are the cause and really making it, um, worse. And you'll look at that list and be like, I eat all these foods all the time. And that might actually be a good thing since you are bloated all the time. That's all my thoughts. Boom. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I'm like, It's really complicated. So many different
1: issues. So many different body systems at play Uh, here. Yeah. But they are all related.
0: Okay. We do have, we do have bodies. Bodies. Do we have time for one more question? We do. It's going to be short. Okay. Okay. Question number three is from Carla. I listen to your podcast every Tuesday. I think you ladies are awesome. I'm very thankful to have a friend of mine for directing you to me, to you, close to a year ago. So onto my question. My diet is about 60 to 70% paleo. I know it's not very much, but I just started making the transition about six to eight months ago, but I've been working out with a local personal trainer who is awesome four times a week since March. Plus I have caught the yoga and Tai Chi bug, which I do every week. Since starting in this journey to become more healthy and increasing in self-love in March, I have lost about 28 inches collectively and 28 pounds. Wow, that is very systematic there. And... (laughs) <laughs> parallel um <laughs> just interesting there's some there's some four items that uh, there's some four items that i just haven't been able to get there's what what did she mean here there's some there's some few items there's some few items, we'll say few, there's some few items that I just haven't been able to give up. I used to drink six to nine, 20 ounce Cokes a day. Now I'm done two, two to three every four to five days. Yes, I'm still working on de- decreasing that. It's a mind thing, I know. I have cut down my sugar intake in other forms. Uh, every so often I get an urge for sweet, but instead of chocolate, I go for apples. We just still don't know what kind you Which eat. Which one? <laughs> But yay, apples. However, I have an intense craving for salt, such as potato chips, which I can't curb or satisfy without chips. Girl, I <laughs> okay. feel you. Okay. I feel you. What can I substitute the potato chips with to help this salt craving? It drives me nuts. Or is this my mind game like the Coke was? Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. You ladies keep up the great work. 2828. Girls getting it. Hey, that's awesome. I'm really I'm excited for you.
1: That's really awesome. It's yeah. interesting when she when we were first reading the question, I kept thinking, I had the thought, you know, people say they're like 60 whatever paleo, 80 yeah. something paleo. <laughs> what is it that they're eating when they're not paleo? Like is it can you have vegetables be a part of a not paleo meal like i just don't understand anyway she kind of answers this for me because she's been drinking a bunch of cokes so yeah um anyway yeah so that's definitely not definitely not paleo what do i recommend well Noelle, you got so excited when you like when you read this it seems <laughs> to be like you kind of have some excited answers like because ex- i can I can say stuff, but I'm not, like, excited about it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just a salt person. I mean, I do like my sweets, but I would much rather – I just love my salt stuff. So I get it. I feel you. I'm with you. The good news is there's a lot of th- ways that you can eat – potato. like, I'm a potato girl. So um, there's ways that you can still get in the potatoes and stuff without actually moving to, like, Lay's potato chips or something, which is – Potentially, what you might be doing, the first thing I would do, which I do regularly throughout the week, maybe once or twice a week, you can simply just roast potatoes. So, like, take some of those small, round, white, red, any of the colors, potatoes, and cut them in half, and put them on a pan, and... Cover them in coconut oil and then a high quality sea salt and roast them in the oven for 30 minutes on 450. And you, your life will change. It's just so wonderful and good. And I think that if you start incorporating that a little bit more into your whole food meals, you'll have less so of the cravings for the salty potato chips because you'll be eating actual potatoes with a real high quality sea salt. Uh, Another things you can do, I mean, you you could actually really make your own sweet potato chips. You have to Thinly slice them and then roast them for like up to two hours, which to me is just a really long time. But it works and you can do it at like 250. Um, and you just have to make sure that they're really thin and, and you know, again, sea salt. You know, add the high quality sea salt to it and, and roast it and you got some wonderful chips. You can also, which Steph and I sing the praises of, Jackson's Honest... I always say Jack Honest. Jackson's Honest chips. They are actually... Uh, an amazing company. I love them and support them. They pay me nothing. So don't, <laughs> this is not a paid advertisement. However, Jackson's Honest is now in Whole Foods and, and a variety of stores. You can buy them online. It is an amazing array of chips, and they are potato chips, but they are roasted in coconut oil and they have real salt. For the seasoning. It's a great combination if it is something like you want to have the potato chip every so often. Um, I I mean, for me, you know, the only other thing I would mention is maybe consider adding salt and switching your salt first and foremost to an unprocessed high quality sea salt. Like a Himalayan sea salt, a Celtic sea salt, or the real salt, um, which is actually just one word from Redmond's all of those salts are not refined have not been highly processed and they contain about 15% minerals so when you consume salt you really also want to be consuming all those other minerals so that they are you can you're consuming them in balance and you know s- sodium really needs potassium at the same time and needs to work in balance with potassium so if you're trying to like do the healthy thing and not salt your foods maybe consider salting your foods more and adding that more to you know a high quality salt to your foods and your cooking and that may actually help you i personally have always craved salt and i think it's just because my body needs it more um especially i mean it was way more when i was working out because i have a very healthy sweat rate and so when i was working out a lot i did crave a lot more salt and i would salt things a lot more now it's not as much uh, but you know, I still I still do use salt a lot throughout my cooking. Not to, I don't over salt foods, but I add a, you know sufficient amount of salt in my foods. Uh, don't worry, my blood pressure is you know one hundred and ten over seventy pretty consistently every single time I take it. Um, but that's for that's me and my body. That's what I need. And you know, I've found that making sure that I have salt in balance with potassium. That's I mean that is what most people need. And that's um, it's it's more of the refined salts that are. Kind of causing the health issues. So salt your food more so when you're doing the stuff. Um include potatoes in your diet, you know, and eat eat the potatoes, roast them, put lots of salt on them. Um, you can also, you know, roast things like broccoli, which I love, and and salt that and maybe put a little seasoning coconut oil, spring of rosemary. I love roasted broccoli. Again, it's it goes fast. Like it goes really fast. Um, but it's really good and it, it really does like serve the need of the salt and the crunchiness and all that stuff. So experiment with some other stuff. Experiment in the kitchen and with what you can cook. Jackson's Honest is amazing as well, and start using a high quality salt in your cooking. Do you have anything else to add? <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, I just realized I, I was talking
0: forever about salt. Um, <laughs> no, that's great. Okay. I eat apples. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. All right. So that's it. We're going to wrap it up, put a bow on it. Um, Happy New Year. Have a great turn of uh, the year. And we will see you in 2017. For more from us, go to coconutsandkettlebells.com. And you can also find Stephanie at paleoforwomen.com. We will talk to you next week.